are here for a reason. This news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right on Radio. You are here for a reason. Yes, you are here for a reason. Welcome back to Right On Radio. Of course, this is our Sunday show, and we are continuing in the book of Acts. And of course, I am joined by Cisco Wheeler. Hello, hello. And good day to you, Cisco. Of good course, uh, you well, I gave I get let the cat out of the bag on Thursday that we we're actually recording this on Thursday, right after the the. Uh, the other one. So that's why we're in the same dress, folks. Uh, we're kind of doing about marathon taping today, but uh, I'm glad to have Cisco in the house. I'm going to forego the show far uh, today because it's about three and a half minutes. And this is just a, it's a big chapter and I want to make sure to get into the information and get through it. So um, you know what, Cisco, I'm going to open us up in prayer this time and I'll ask you to close us in prayer if you don't mind at the end. So, Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to come before you and to read your word. We thank you that you gave us your word, Father God, and we thank you that you have given us your spirit to interpret the word of God. God, it is a privilege to be together with this community and to share the word of God, in our, and we have fellowship at the same time. So, Father, I pray that it is your words that come through and not... Uh, mine or Cisco's, if we say anything that is incorrect, we pray that you bring correction uh, even right away, Father God. And also, we just, most importantly, we pray that the Holy Spirit and we give the Holy Spirit permission to do the Father's will in our lives and to glorify Jesus Christ uh, throughout the scriptures, Father God. We pray for your understanding and I pray for everyone uh, that hears my voice, Lord. I pray for strength in their legs and improved health. I pray for their finances, for their family, for the strengthening of their marriages, and Father, that uh, that you put a heart of stewardship in them, uh, Father God, so we can walk in your will, and that every single person here understands exactly, uh, we pray by the Spirit right now, that every single person here understands exactly what you have called them to do, so they may run their race and finish their course as Paul uh, desired to and as Paul shows he's willing to do in this chapter amongst many others. So, Father, we give you thanks. We praise your name because your name is worthy. You are the Lord of lords and the King of kings. You are the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody uh, goes into heaven except by you. And this is the Christ that is preached here in the book of Acts against opposition, Father God. And even before recording this, we've had oppositions. We pray against the opposition. We pray for the technical aspects of this uh, particular recording, Father. There will be no buffering. There will be no audio troubles and uh, no video troubles. And, Lord, that you just be with us as we give you glory. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's dive right into it, Cisco. Uh, why don't you read the first 14 verses, and I'll take it from when Paul goes to Jerusalem. Okay. It's so exciting. And it came to pass that after we were gotten from them and had launched, we came with a straight course under coast, and the day following under roads, and from thence unto Pet... Pet I don't know what how to pronounce that. Patara. Patara. Thank you. And finding a ship sailing over into Phasia, we went abroad and set forth. Now, when we had discovered Cyprus, we left it on the left hand and sailed into Syria and landed at Tai, for there the ship was to un unlaid her burdens. And finding disciples, we tamed their seven days, who said to Paul, through the spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. 
and when he had accomplished these days, we departed and went our way, and they all brought us on our way with wives and children till we were out of the city, and we kneeled down on the shore and prayed. And when we had taken our leave from another, we took ship, and they returned home again. And when we had finished our course from Ty, Try, we came to Potomatis. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. I've forgotten the pronunciations. And insulted yeah. <laughs> the brethren and abroad with them one day. And the next day, we that were Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist which was one of the seven and abided with him. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. And we had tamed there many days. There came down from Judah a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he had come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound him his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle, as to deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye weep and, and to break mine heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of, of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we see saying, the will of the Lord be done. And after these days, we got ready and started on our way to up to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Caesarea also came with us, taking us to Manasson of Cyprus, a disciple of a long standing with whom we were to stay. After we arrived in Jerusalem, the brothers and the sisters received us gladly. And the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. After he had greeted them, he began to relate one upon the things of which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry, and when they heard about them, they began glorifying God. And they said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. And they have been told about you that you are teaching all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to abandon Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children, nor walk according to the customs. So what is it to be done? They will certainly hear that you have come. Therefore, do as we tell you. We have four men who have a vow upon themselves. Take them along and purify yourselves with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads. And then everyone will know that there is nothing to what they have been told about you but that you yourself also conform keeping the law. But regarding the Gentiles who have believed, we have sent a letter, having decided that they should abstain from meat sacrificed to idols and from blood of what is strangled and from sexual immorality. Then Paul took along the men and the next day, and after purifying himself together with them, he went into the temple giving notice of the completion of the days of purification until the sacrifice was offered for each one of them. When the seven days were almost over, the Jews from Asia, upon seeing him in the temple, began to stir up a crowd and laid hands upon him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who instructs everyone everywhere against our people and the law and this place. And besides, he has even brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen uh, Trophimus at Ephesian 
and in the city with him, and they thought that Paul had brought him into the temple. Then the whole city was provoked, and the people rushed together, and taking hold of Paul, they dragged him out of the temple, and immediately the doors were shut. While they were intent on killing him, a report came up to the commander of the Roman cohort that all of Jerusalem was in confusion. So he immediately took along some soldiers and centurions and ran down to the crowd. And when they saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander came up and took hold of him and ordered that he be bound with two chains. And he began asking who he was and what he had done. But among the crowd, some were shouting one thing and some another. And when he could not find out the facts... Because of the uproar, he ordered Paul to be brought into the barracks. When Paul got to the stairs, it came about that he was carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob for the multitude of people following them, shouting away with him. As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the commander, may I say something to you? And he said, do you know Greek? You are not the Egyptian who some time ago stirred up the revolt and led 4,000 men of assassins into the wilderness. But Paul said, I'm a Jew of Tarsia and Cilicia, a citizen of no insignificant city. And I beg you, allow me to speak to the people. And when he was given him permission, Paul standing on the stairs motioned to the people with his hand, and there was a great silence. He spoke to them in the Hebrew dialect, saying, <clears throat> and I can't believe they ended the chapter right there. So I got to read the first sentence of the next chapter. Uh, so he raised his hand, he spoke to them in Hebrew, saying, Brothers and fathers, hear my defense which I now offer you. And that's the next chapter, so we're going to leave that. Uh, but he does he gives his testimony, and then there's more in that chapter, of course. Uh, but, man, there's, there's a lot to unpack in this particular chapter. Let's go back to the beginning. Uh, Cisco? Yes, I'm right here. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I guess, you know, the, obviously they're kind of, um, Paul had put it in his heart that he was going to go to Jerusalem uh, and he, Paul felt he was led by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit had told him that he was going to go into bondage and, you know, uh, might not live. But what's interesting here when we go into, uh, you know, they, in, in verse four and five, uh, after looking up the disciples, we stayed there for seven days and they kept telling Paul through the spirit, not to set foot in Jerusalem. So these are godly men hearing from the Holy Spirit. Yes. And the Holy Spirit is telling them, Paul, you're going to be put in chains. Mm -hmm. It's not going to go well for you. Don't go. Prophet. Prophet ministry. So if, and we know obviously that Paul went because we just read the chapter, but why do you think Paul did not listen to all these people who heard from the Spirit. He rejected their counsel. Or did he? I think that the, when I read the book of Acts, just Acts in general, I see the footprints of Jesus that walked before the disciples and, and Paul. I mean, they may not have seen him, but they knew he was there. Uh, and I believe that uh, the word of God was in Paul's bones like fire. And I believe that the, he had a, a knowing and an understanding of a lost soul because he had been a lost soul. Yeah. And, and he was passionate about these people. These were his right. people. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Right. I mean, he knew they people were lost without a savior. 
He knew that they were spiritually dead, Jeff, and they needed a Lord. And he knew but that he's God not the Lord, the and these disciples yeah. are saying, Paul, it's going to go bad for you. Don't go. Well, Jeff, I think there was such a deep knowledge in Paul. He had revelation knowledge from the throne of God. And he knew that God was the liberation of those who had, had been in bondage and under Babylonian witchcraft and under the laws that governed them. Yeah, and Paul's no stranger to taking a beating either. Right? Like yeah. he's already been thrown in jail. He's already been beaten. He's already done all these things. He's not scared. Obviously, it's not joyous. Well, you but know, he, I think, Jeff, it's so deep when you think about it. Why would Paul go? He knew that the people were in prison by guilt and shame. And he knew that God could only become the the glory within each person individually, that he was bringing the gospel, that glory would shine in their hearts. And he was the he knew that God was the guardian of the paralyzed soul and of the fear that they had been bound for generations in fear. I mean, you have to, it, this is so deep when you really stop to think about it. He knew that God was the guide. And he knew that they had been bewildered by falsehoods. They knew that. He knew that because he had lived it. He knew that God was the turmoil in the storm of sin in the sin-sick soul. Can you imagine any generations of witchcraft? drummed into your mind after generations after generations the falsehoods they were bewildered the people were so sin sick but he knew that god was the the peace in the middle of the storm he knew he was the prince and and the pharisees were the biggest enemy of jesus uh when jesus walked the earth but i guess i guess there's a point that i would like to make here as well um, so Paul had seen in his spirit and had heard from God yep. that if he go when he goes to Jerusalem, he's going to be beaten. It's not going to go well. And these guys are getting the exact same word for Paul. So Paul knew it was an accurate word. Yep. But what Paul, I think, this is my opinion, Paul trusted that they heard from God and repeated the words, but he didn't trust their interpretation. Because if you think about it, they're saying, Paul, don't go. You're going to be put in bonds. You're going to be... Mm -hmm. But they added, don't go. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. So they, they took it as, look, it's bad. Um, so they thought the Holy Spirit's telling them that Paul shouldn't go. But, Paul, but was looking, Paul was looking at it in a different picture. Unto death, I will go. Because remember Paul's ministry. Paul's ministry was to take the gospel of Jesus Christ and to build churches. And I think we need to remember that all of us have different callings and different ministries before the Father that we're going to answer to. And But Paul's ministry was teach the word the salvation story shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. How he, he died, he rose, he says at the right hand of the Father, and to build churches. Because he was this, he was the, he built the foundations. Well, the Holy Spirit built the foundation, but it was that rock on Christ that he built the churches. That's right. And yeah, it well, you know, it was uh right in Acts uh, 1, verses 8, where, you know, it says, go out to all the world. And mm -hmm. Paul was carrying that on. And, you know, Paul mm -hmm. had the personal visitation with Jesus, and he, he got the full download, <laughs> and uh, Paul's doing it. I really think that this truth and the things that I just shared with you, that I think it was burned in his bones like fire. He had to go. Nothing was, he, he wasn't listening to the negative. He was only looking at the eternal. 
eternal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and he and he also has already purposed in his heart that he's not going to die in Jerusalem because he's still going to go to Rome. Right. And he said he was going to go to Rome after Jerusalem. So we're looking at different levels of faith, aren't we? Man, what a what an example of faith Paul is. Yeah. You know, um, not too many people have lived on this earth that had the faith that Paul. Maybe no one. Yeah. Well, I believe in Paul's heart that Christ had been established. That Christ was his rock. He was his fortress. He was his deliverer. He was the God he trusted and in every way. He trusted in God. I mean, I love that thought where Paul's heart must have been. He was Christ Jesus is my rock and I stand upon that rock in Christ Jesus. He's my fortress. I will hide in him. If they burn me at the stakes, God will be there. That's right. God will be there. He, he, he is my fortress. He is my shield. He is my buckler. He's my deliverer. And we see the deliverance in this chapter so beautifully. Well, as we, we talk, go on We that. do, but you know what? Just as you say that, Cisco, uh, because of your uh, experience in the occult, and you have shared some stories that I'm not going to share. They're way too graphic for on air, but you really were tortured as a little girl in very, very brutal ways. But just about every person who has come out of that and lived to tell the story has said something that you said, but because there was a protection, you didn't feel all that pain. Can you say what the Lord did for you in those times? Well, I was covered in my mother's womb because she had dedicated me after I was born. She had made an altar and she gave me to Jesus that the Lord to become Lord of my life and that I would serve him all the days of my life. And she dedicated her seed line to the Lord. And um, when I was put in terrible situations, I would just leave my body and have her over it and watch him. I want to be clear. So this wasn't you astral projecting out. The Lord took you away from that physical pain. Right. And I would hover and watch. And I'd just smile. When they get through doing whatever they wanted to do, abuse my little body, I'd go back into my body. And it'd make them so mad because they... uh, <laughs> because they couldn't control me. But the Holy Spirit had me in the fortress of his love. God said, no, she belongs to me and I'm going to protect her. I'm going to be there. He was there in the storm. When the storm clouds roared, the thunder roared, Lord, just take me right out of it. So when I think of uh, of Stephen, the first martyr, you know, and he woke, he looked up and he saw God and he was being stoned to death. I'm thinking the same thing happened to him. I'm thinking he, there's a protection over Paul. Why do you think Paul's not really scared of these beatings? Scared. I wasn't scared as a child because God covered me so beautifully with the Holy Spirit to give me a way to protect myself mentally, spiritually, and physically that I didn't fear them because I already had established at four years old that Jesus was real. And I liked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because I knew the fourth man was God and he was in that furnace and I understood that mentally. Spiritually, yeah. I had a, had got a hold of that story and, well, God's everywhere I need him to be. And those bad people are going to die. Those bad people can't hurt me because God said so. My you, faith is a child. See, as a child, you think as a child, I had faith as a child. God said it. I believed it. And there wasn't any gray in my mind as a child. There was no gray. It was either good or bad, right or wrong. And I didn't walk, even as a child, I didn't walk in the gray spaces. God called it sin. 
I said, it's bad. Can't do that. Jesus said, don't do that. So see, as we establish our hearts, even as children, and we grow into maturity, we take those principles with us. <laughs> well, it's funny you say the gray area, because I remember a couple little stories. I think you weren't only scared of Jesus, but maybe your grandmother. <laughs> My grandmother, yes. I can't, I can't count, though. I mean, uh, I wasn't a child that had to be spanked a lot because I had a heart that loved the Lord. And because I loved the Lord as a child, I wanted to obey my parents. Yeah. I wanted to be good. My mother always said, you always was a child that wanted to be good. And you yeah. listened. And I yeah. listened to my parents. I had a respect for my parents in their leadership. Didn't know they were leaders. They were my mom and my grandma. But I wanted to know what they knew. And I'd sit and I would listen. And my Aunt Jackie played a major role in learning how to, to love the scriptures because she took the time to teach me. And let my mind would had so many questions as a child. <laughs> had so many questions. <laughs> listen, do, do we ever grow up? Because I still have lots. <laughs> well, I still have lots of questions. Look, we're never going to get find the depths of God's word. We're never going to get there. Uh, it just You Even can study in, it a whole lifetime and never discover all the things of God in his word. Well, in, even in eternity, when we, we go into the libraries that God has in the heavens for the history of the world and the universe and, and the history of the word of God and who God is. And, I mean, we have eternity to learn of these things. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to hit the library. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going to probably find some kind of motorcycle and <laughs> go through the universe. <laughs> well, you can. Actually, no, I'll, I'll be working because I know God's got some jobs for me uh, when we get up there. So, all right, let's get, let's get back to it. So on the next day, they left to Caesarea and they entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven and stayed with him. Uh, so he's one of the original... This is Philip. I think he was there on Pentecost. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but now I, I only have one daughter. Um, but have this man had four virgin daughters who were all prophetesses. <laughs> so I can just imagine having a house of four women prophesying at me all day. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Talk about outnumbered. <laughs> and they did prophesy and yeah, well, he, the gift of prophecy is still with us of course it is to have a spirit to accept it because a prophecy does not usually bring good news he brings what what is coming the judgment of the world or the judgment of an individual or person place or thing so prophecy the gift of prophecy is not an easy gift operate it no no it's not an office that uh well we're, we all should we all are called to prophesy but not all of us are called mm -hmm. to be prophets that's right and i think that that's kind of the key there um uh but you know the prophets do bring a lot of kind of doom and gloom stuff that that's true uh, but then, you know, everyone can get a word of knowledge. Right. You know, and a word of knowledge is usually uplifting and scripture-based. Right, right. So he's there, and then and he's with all these, uh, you know, the, the kids are prophetesses, and I'm sure Philip had some giftings. Uh, they're there for a few days, and then uh, this prophet named Agabus came, comes down from Judea. Now... Mm -hmm. <laughs> If, if you've ever, so listen, you know, what we've seen on TV, uh, most of us have been in a church when, you know, one of the prophets who's under the apostleship in that governing body or whatever comes in. And whenever the prophet shows up, it's almost like he has to put on a show. You know what I mean? Think about it. If you're, if you're a prophet, you've been invited from... Uh, from another continent to come into the church, you better have something to say. Mm -hmm. Now, if I saw a prophet show up from, you know, 
thousands of miles away and come in and say, I got nothing, folks. I'm just going to read the script. I would have so much respect for that person. But they don't. No, that's not. That's not the modern day ones. And so anyways, this Agabus, he, and by the way, his prophecy is completely accurate here. I want to say oh, that. Yeah. But he takes Paul's belt and then he stands up in front of everyone and puts the belt around his own arms, you know, in a dramatic fashion. Whoever owns this belt is going to have, you know, be dragged off. He's going to be put in chains. He's, he, this guy's putting on a show right now. He knows his Paul's belt. He took it. <laughs> I just think it's funny. I think there was a little bit of fear there, though. I don't think they... Those are not words of faith. But I guess it's okay, too, for God to say this could happen. God allowed Paul to see what could happen, but it didn't It didn't mess him up. No. He stood strong on, on what he knew to be true in Christ Jesus. So uh, it might have been a test for Paul. Might have been. Are you yeah. going to back up? Are you not going to, are you not deciding not to go? What are you going to do, Paul? Because this or, is what could happen to you. And what did Paul say? Oh, I'm going. Thanks. To death. But what, what's interesting is maybe, so first of all, I think it's a, a witness of God speaking through these people. So it yeah. certainly edifies the prophets. Mm -hmm. It certainly edifies the elders mm -hmm. who had these same words that everyone's hearing from the Spirit. It's building them up in their faith. And also to see Paul unafraid for his faith mm -hmm. is definitely doing something, is definitely mm -hmm. building the body yeah. and setting a really big foundation. Yeah. So and that, so then eventually they just gave up, you know, and Paul said, like, why, why are you trying to break my heart? I already told you I'm going, you know. I heard it. I'm going to be bound. I'm going to be chained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm ready to die for the sake of Christ. Well, I think when I look at that word weep, I, I think of it as maybe he didn't see the faith and the growth in the others that he had hoped to see. Because he had already seen a finished work, whether it was under death, he still saw a finished work. And they weren't seeing it that way. They weren't seeing Paul being brought through the storm. No, no, they just see they just see terrible things for Paul. Right, right. So I think when he says he weeped and he broke his heart, it's because they weren't as mature in Christ as Paul had hoped. Well, okay. you know what? When Jesus died on a cross and he took all those stripes for our sins and did everything that he did in Calvary, his parting words weren't, you're going to have a perfect life if you follow me. That's not what he said. You know, he said, if this world accepts you, you know, basically, you know, you're not of me, mm -hmm. but to be pulled out of this world, mm -hmm. you know, and the world will reject us. And, you know, listen, to be a disciple of Christ right now is not an easy thing in this world. And it's going to get even tougher, folks. Yeah, it is. So that so okay so then they they leave uh, Caesarea and they come up to Cyprus and a long standing with whom they stay and then they arrive in Jerusalem and if you remember back to Thursday's episode um there's a a myth of something I I think this proves a big lie right here uh, to me it is and, and I'm just going to read it to you so after we arrived in Jerusalem the brothers and sisters received us gladly and the following day Paul went in with us to see James, and all the elders were present. So I'm going to put the emphasis on James, and all the elders were present. So here, here's what I'm getting at. So first of all, if we remember back in Acts chapter 15, they had made that decree that is later said here about the Gentiles. They don't need to be circumcised. Just don't drink, uh, don't drink, don't eat animals that are strangled and don't have, uh, you know, sexual uh, bad behavior, right? 
but it's James who's leading these guys. So I'm going to pull up a different scripture here. And this ties in with Thursday's broadcast. So Matthew 16, verse 18 says, And I also say to you, our Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Now, isn't, uh, haven't, maybe I've just heard this, maybe I've heard wrong, but isn't the Catholic Church built upon Peter? Yes. So the claim is the church is built upon Peter. It's not. James is in charge, half brother of Jesus. Right. <clears throat> so then we have to look at what does God actually mean by this? And I say to say to you that you are Peter. Okay, so he gives him the name Peter. Mm -hmm. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Is he really saying that Peter is the rock? No. It's, he was talking spiritually. Spiritually, he, he was going to build his church upon the rock, Christ Jesus. It was a spirit experience, spiritually. Born again. Hey, let me know in the comments, and, and I'm I'm perfectly okay being wrong here, uh, you know, but I'm just saying, I've always heard that the first Pope was because of Peter, and it's always because the church was built on the, the on Peter, he's the rock, uh, you know, maybe I've heard wrong, maybe I've misinterpreted, but I'm telling you, James is the guy in charge here in Jerusalem, and Jerusalem is HQ for Christianity at this point. Well, I, I think I think of the rock. I think of the rock. Christ is the rock. Yes. Solid rock. Uh, Upon was, this rock. Was Maybe he was doing a hand gesture. <laughs> Meg, we are not the rock. I mean, so therefore, we, the church could not be built upon us. In the natural realm, but in the spiritual realm, Christ through us, in us, dwells in us. He is the rock of our salvation. Well, and he lives in us, right? Yes, so. he lives in us. Yes. So, I don't know. Yeah, listen, give me a comment. I'm really curious to find out what, uh, what other people have to say. Uh, look, I, I find these little nuggets and I get excited. Uh-oh. Guess what, Jeff? Oh, what's happening? My computer's acting up. Oh, is your power about to die? Yep, but that's all right. I got it plugged in. Just in the nick of time. Yours probably doesn't give much notice either. No, it says we might want to plug in PC. I just did. Okay. All I right. Lord, we just asked you to cover it. Lord, we need life. Oh, Cisco moves quick. <laughs> I do pretty good for my age. All right. I, I just took her out of the studio because she's leaning over and she's doing things. And as soon as she gets seated back in, I'm going to add her back to the screen and we'll get back to it. But uh, as I said, let me know what you think about, you know, the, uh, Peter upon this rock and, you know, the, the beginnings of the Catholic Church. I'm just curious. I don't know all the answers, uh, but I see these things, as I say, and it gets me a little bit excited. Um, so James and the elders uh, then started telling Paul of, you know, they, they heard about all the Gentiles and Paul's been making a lot of noise out there. Many people are coming and then, you know, they're telling Paul, hey, listen, we've had a great success here in Jerusalem, too. But let me tell you, these Jews are talking about you. Yeah. Oh, you and, don't believe it. 
angry mob, right? They didn't want to be confronted of their sin. They didn't well, they didn't it. want to leave the law. They didn't want to leave their traditions. No. You know, even so, even though some of them had accepted Christ and a lot of people had in Jerusalem, <clears throat> you know what? I I just kind of feel there was this there's like always been a class system in this world. And and it, back in this time, and you see it as a demonstration in the temple, you know. A, G, a Greek could not come into the temple. Right. You know, they'd be it'd be defiling it, right? right. They're dirty. Uh, a Jewish person would wipe the feet off, wipe the dust off their feet when they left a Gentile territory, not to bring it back home. Right. You know, they were the chosen people. They were, and and by the way, this is why uh, we're doing the Synagogue of Satan series. Wait till you see what comes out of this. I'm telling you. My goodness, it's, it's way bigger than what I just pointed out with this James thing. <laughs> way bigger. In the temple, all around the temples, there were signs that were posted. And this is what the sign said as a warning. And Paul knew this. No foreigner may enter within the barricade which surrounds the temple and its enclosure. Anyone who is caught trespassing will bear uh, personal responsibility for the ensuring death. In so other words, you if you get killed, it's your problem. It's yeah, so, so the temple had had layers and it's like a three-foot wall. Right. And if you went, if you were a Gentile and you went oh, over outside of your courtyard, you're going to be put to death. Yeah. Right then and there. I mean, the principalities they were facing, they were head on with those demons, let me tell you. They well, got, God I say they're still bring, upon them. God wanted to bring the word alive into the hearts of the people, but let me tell you, those spirits of bondage, they were doing everything they could to prevent the word from coming forth. Yeah, and, and keeping and them in bondage, in you have to keep all these laws still. Yeah, it rose up in their heart. Because remember, this is generational. So, man, you talk about a pool of contamination. I mean, Paul went where the devil himself would fear to trod, if you know what I mean. Yeah. He really went into the devil's camp. And, but, you know, Paul, in his fashion... Uh, so, you know, because they, they say that they're telling him that he, the, the rumors are he's going against mm -hmm. Moses and everything. So they said, listen, when you do this purification ceremony, now Paul has been telling the Gentiles, you don't need to do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but because Paul, and I think it's in Romans 8, he says, you know, I'll become all things to, to the Greek. I'll become right. Greek to the, right. you know, he, he so he, listen, there's no harm in it. You know, if you want to do a, a purification ceremony, okay, it, this is not a salvation issue for me. And if it's going to quiet down the people so that they'll receive my message, I'll do it. Well, I think they were zealous of the law. They were very jealous of the law. But you have to remember the word of God also says that he changes this from glory to glory. In other words, when we come to know Christ, it takes time for God to change us. We are all changed overnight. We grow. The word says it's from glory to glory. So that's why you have Christians over here that may not do this, and other Christians over here that do this, and you look at them and you go, they shouldn't do it. Well, you know, we need to let go and let God do the work in the hearts of the people. And that's exactly what was happening here. God says, go ahead and have your ceremony, because I'm at work. The Holy Spirit will work this out in your heart. Let go and let me be God. Yeah, and, and it wasn't sin to go through this ceremony, certainly. And and by the way, what's sin to one person might not be sin to another. Right. Just two issues. Um, yeah. That's right. So, you know, there's different things. So he goes through this and, you know, you think it's all going to be good. But then, uh, you know, the, then the Jews came down from Asia and upon seeing him in the temple, began to stir up a crowd, laying hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! 
This is the man who instructs everyone. So he does this purification thing, and uh, these other dudes come into town, didn't know about it, I guess, and you know, so the the the, the stuff starts to hit the fan. <laughs> And, and they're just looking for it because then they see Trophimus and they assume that Paul brought him in because they saw yes. Trophimus with him in, in Ephesia. And uh, so the whole city gets provoked and they go wild. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we can't have a we can't have the temple defiled by that dirty dude. Mm. You see how people have been divided since day one, yeah. and it's by rules like this. Yeah. There's that song that came out in the 70s, signs, signs everywhere, sign, blocking my scenery. You know, the sign says outside you need a shirt and tie to come in here, you know, and all this stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just, this is yeah. man's control, man yeah. trying to control God's world. Mm-hmm. Or the principalities controlling man. It's it's wild. Look, what we're going through right now, Cisco, this isn't new. Look, this is what's happened here. Yeah. This is happening today. Absolutely it is. I, I bet I couldn't get into Mecca. Can you imagine a Christian showing up at Mecca? I can't imagine. He'd be killed. Mm-hmm. Not that I want to go touch a black cube. <laughs> <laughs> With a rock from Saturn or something in it. Whatever. Saturn, Satan. Yep. <laughs> That's why I said it. So the whole city's provoked Cisco. They drag Paul out of the temple, and they're pl- they're planning on killing him. But then the uh, the Roman soldiers hear about it, right? Yeah. And the Roman soldiers have to keep order, right. because if there's riots, the Roman soldiers can be put to death. Yeah. So he I mean, had to come. That was so serious, Jeff. The order was so important because they had fortresses that they that overlooked. The yeah, well, and they they brought back they brought them back yeah. to the fortress. They bring them back to the fortress afterwards, but yeah, so they so the commander comes and then they stopped beating Paul, and he ordered him to be bound with two chains and began asking who he was and what he had done. And the crowd shouting different accusations. The commander cannot make sense of it, of course. Um, So he decides to bring Paul back to the barracks. And uh, I don't know what you're seeing on screen right now, but there's a spinning wheel of death on Cisco's screen right now. Maybe she's here and I'm talking over. I hope not. But uh, I do not see Cisco at this moment. So I'm just carrying on uh, because this is being recorded. Um, but with this, another interesting thing here, uh, is, oh, Cisco is gone. Oh, I hope her, uh, computer didn't die. Well, if it, uh, if she's able to, she will come back in, but I will, uh, continue on. I apologize to you, the audience for that. Um, uh, so that at one point in time, there was, uh, an Egyptian who had this, uh, crown, crowd of assassins and. Uh, the uh, Egyptians mainly, and uh, and the Romans killed out most of them, but they've always been looking for the leader because apparently the leader had escaped. Um, I'm just going by other people's commentary on this, uh, that particular part. I haven't found it in the Bible. But uh, anyways, but Paul says to the commander, and after he decide, you know, he says, are you not this Egyptian? Paul says, I'm a Jew from Tarsus and Cilicia, a citizen of no insignificant city. So he's obviously telling that he uh, is a person of education and everything else. And he says, I beg you, allow me to speak to the people. And when he gave him permission, so he's speaking in Greek to the commander. Um, and then... 
he changes and goes into Hebrew. And Paul, standing on the stairs, motioned to the people with his hand. And when there was great silence, so you got to, you got, can you imagine? There's this crowd that's just going crazy, and they're saying, "Away with him! Away with him! Away with him!" By the way, uh, that kind of reminds me of "Crucify him! Crucify him! Crucify him!" Like this, these are the, this is the same place, folks. This is the same place where Jesus was, and it went through. Oh, hold on, just one second. This is Cisco calling. Oh, and her phone died. <laughs> <laughs> on me. I don't know what to say, folks. Uh, anyways, uh, you know, this is the exact same place uh, to my to my knowledge of where Jesus was. And Paul's going through the same thing. And uh, they're, they're going, crucify him or away with him, away with him. And Paul raises his hand. And he did that. And then there was great silence. And then he gives us testimony, which we'll do on the next Sunday show. Hey, may God bless you. I pray for each and every one of you and uh, really appreciate your support, uh, supporting us and joining us. Uh, it really does mean a lot to me. And uh, thank you very much. We'll see you next time on Right on Radio.